Hey everyone, welcome to the Journeyman Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host today, Grant Schwalbe. And uh, I know it's been a while since we've done these. We're trying to bust some out now that kids are back in school. Just really the point of these uh, Journeyman Podcasts are just to share some of the conversations I get to have, some of the people that I get to meet uh, across the country that are just some of the coolest people that I've ever run into. And uh, we're not setting up an agenda we're not trying to be like superstars but you know the real cool thing with with social media and technology the way it is is we can have a phone conversation and uh, actually record it so you can hear it firsthand so that's what we're uh, going for today i was uh, fortunate enough to go to the into the job fire conference earlier this month in wichita kansas and i love wichita i've gotten to go there a couple times for the wichita hot and, you know, when you go to a fire conference, you got, got to see the fire stations, right? So we ended up text messaging with a couple guys and we ended up scheduling a, uh, a short impromptu visit at station four. So I was rolling with about five other guys from my department and we roll in and I meet this guy, Jonathan Jarvis. He's, uh, he's an officer on the engine at that station. And I can't tell you, uh, it was kind of like, Sometimes you you feel like you're just uh, your brother from another mother. I know that's kind of cliche or something, but I feel like I've known this guy my entire life and his passion for the job, the things he's doing at that department. And honestly, uh, it was it was tough to get him to come on the show because nobody wants to talk about themselves and nobody thinks uh, they're doing anything. But what I really wanted to have him uh, share with the movement of what they're doing as far as pride and and just overall everything that's going on in that department because it's, it's pretty cool. It's the coolest department nobody's ever heard of. So uh, welcome, Jonathan. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, dude. Uh, you're, you're too kind with uh, your words there. <laughs> but, uh, man, we loved having you guys at the station, I think, as much as it sounds like you enjoyed being there. It's always fun to sit around and hear how guys from across the country how similar the things that we do are. And, and uh, man, we just, we, I appreciate everything you're doing. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to be here. Thank you. Yeah. The guys were energized at their visit and all your guys just came out from whatever they're doing. And it's very easy. I know everybody listening, um, get, you get visitors at the station. Sometimes you, you're busy. It's dinner time. It's whatever. And it's, it's easy to, to tell the new guy, Hey, can you go out and show them in the rig and give them a fire helmet or something or, uh, you know, if it's guys out of town, they're like, oh, gosh, you know, what, we got to show them our equipment. But like every single dude came out, and I think we were there for about an hour and a half, and it was just – I don't know that it ever would have ended if you guys hadn't gotten a run. And uh, <laughs> it was just cool to see to see the passion at that station and, and how excited everybody was just to, to share what they're doing. And, you know, dude, I, I, I actually got – so I got I, – I was promoted last year in, in September of last year, so we're coming up on a year now. And I moved to that – to the to the, the SOC group station uh, in January. And so, like, I know those guys because I worked at Station 4 before as a firefighter on a different shift. So I know some of them. But you never know, like, how it's going to be when people show up, like you just said, you know. And we – man, I can't – I don't know how many guys we ended up having come by the station and just check out the rigs and stuff. And – uh it was cool to see them interact with each one and like each time they like they, they were a little bit more engaged and a little bit more excited but when you guys came in I mean your dudes were like super down to earth and it was just it was just easy to have that conversation and I mean our captain was out there and dude it was just like it was 
it was fun for me just to watch their passions and you can just see like the look on their faces on how excited they are to to just talk to somebody else about what they get to do on a daily basis so i was dude i'm seriously like we were, we were having this conversation. I think it was probably like one o'clock in the morning that night and just sitting around that little table that we had out there that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but we were sitting around that, that plywood rescue table and just talking about how awesome it was to have guys there. And my captain actually went off on this tangent um, <laughs> at like midnight with the crew from, I don't even remember where they were from. I, it might've been Pittsburgh and Parsons. I can't remember, but he, we started talking about search culture and, and search and how to search. And man, he got so, dude, I wish I could have recorded it. Like I even told him, I was like, man, you need to like turn this into a class. It was so awesome. Uh, you know, he's got like 27 years on the department and, and he, he's not a dude that teaches classes. He's just loves the job, loves going to fires. And so to hear him talk to another crew that he had never met about it and just see like that passion, like I was getting excited. I was like, dude, let's get a fire right now. I want to go search. And it was just, it was really cool. So to have you guys come in, ignited a fire underneath our guys. And really, I guess that's just what this is all about anyway. Just, you know what I mean? Like making each other more, I guess, uh, you know, passionate for the job. So it was pretty cool to have you guys out. You were talking about that senior guy and he was sharing all those nuggets. How tough, how tough is it? You know, these senior guys are on the job. You know, they've got a lot to share. Nobody wants to put themselves out there and be, out on the circuit teaching or they don't feel like what they've got is worth worth sharing uh, you talk to me how do you how do you get that information out of those guys dude that's uh, the that's the golden question i think about just about everything right so um i i think you know i will actually back up a little bit so like when i came on a fire department like dude i was green as the day is long like everything that i have learned I have learned from someone else. Somebody else taught me, somebody else showed me. And of course you can pick up books, but then again, you're learning from someone else again. And you can, you can come up with what you think are your own ideas until you find out that somebody else probably had that idea before or whatever. Um, but one of the things that I noticed really early on in my career, I probably had like a year and a half on, and um, I had a captain that had like 35 years on or 34 years on or whatever. He was getting close to retirement and he, um, he, dude, he was so experienced. Like he had all of these stories to tell and all this stuff. Like I, I mean, I immediately just like loved this dude. And he also on his days off, he was a cabinet builder and I grew up working construction with my dad. Um, you know, and so, so we kind of shared that common goal or whatever. And so, uh, or, or common, common background. And so we had a lot to be able to discuss and talk about, but I'll never forget the nights that I set up late at night you know, just listening to his stories because he had stories to tell and he would talk about these fires or, or we'd make a car wreck. And, and, and I mean, I, I started off at station 15 and it was just kind of known like it made, we made quite a few pins at that station. And, and every time we would go to one, we'd come back and he would just have like this long conversation with me about, you know, maybe a pin that he had made previously. And it was just like, just trying to, I was like a sponge, just trying to soak up all this knowledge. Um, but some of the dudes that he didn't like, like that he, he didn't like very much. I, I also liked, and they were kind of the young and up and comer officers and, and, and dudes that were out there teaching and putting themselves out there. And, and, and he just just like could not stand some of these dudes because he was the more experienced guy. And he thought you don't need to, to put yourself out there to have knowledge. And I was like, dude, how, how can we like do less headbutting and more like, can't we all just get along? You know, that whole, <laughs> that whole cheesy thing. Um, and so I was like, how do we, how do we, 
how do we mold those two things together into one? And like, how can I get the best of both worlds? And that was something that like took a lot of time because pulling information out of guys, like you just said, that have been on for a while is literally like pulling teeth. I mean, sometimes it's really, really hard, especially if it's the guys that, um, that think that the circuit or all of these fire conference and stuff are, are ridiculous. Um, which, you know, to each his own, um, I love going to them because it gets me fired up. Um, but some guys just can't stand it. You know what I mean? But they have so much information to give. So how do you pull that out? You know? Um, and it starts with like, and dude, I'm going all over the place here. It, it does start with like really small things. You know what I mean? Like the small things at the station, the little things. Um, and that was one of the things I noticed early on. I got after my, I'm, I'm going all over, but after I had a year and a half on, I got moved over to uh, station nine. Um, and we were just implementing like truck company into the city, like truck company operations. We had aerial platforms, um, but they weren't called trucks. They were called APs and they were cross-staffed with a squad, right? So if you got like a big fire, you would like, you would maybe jump onto the truck or you would maybe jump onto the squad and then you would roll to the fire. And so somebody at one point was like, hey, we got to like implement this truck company thing um, and actually roll these things like real trucks and start operating them as real trucks. And we had a couple super, super good dudes that started that. And then I got pulled over to it. Um, and I tell you what, dude, it was like an uphill battle, like a mountain, climbing a mountain, being on that truck, because I don't know how you guys operate, but I know that the way that we operate in Wichita is the truck company gets the front of the house, right? So you roll up on this truck, and this is not something that somebody's been doing in the fire department for a while, and you want the front of the house where the engine was parked before, you know? <laughs> and so you get off, and there'll be an engine parked in front of the house, and you get there, hey, man, we're supposed to be there. And the engine company guys are like, hey, man, you, wanna, you want the front of the house to get here first. And it just, dude, it just created this huge, like, um, issue within the department. It, it really started making that engine company, truck company separation, right? And then I started understanding how that, why it's like that across the country. Um, but anyhow, I don't, I don't know what the point I was getting to was. Where, where I'm going to pause you. I'm going to pause you there for a minute. Uh, yeah. So you guys had no truck company. I understand you guys brought uh, a couple instructors in to help foster that truck company kind of lay the groundwork for things can you talk about that and we, we had guys that were um that had been out okay the guys i was talking about before that i'd gone to conferences and they were teaching across the country and doing things and they're on our job um and then they were the ones that they kind of deemed like hey you're going to teach everybody else how to do this truck stuff you know so they were they were on our job but we actually had a particular dude that got um he would rove out for like six weeks at a time to each station that housed the truck company or, or a truck apparatus and then like basically teach us the basics of it. And then we have like a, now we even have, I mean, you can, you can apply to get onto the truck company, you know what I mean? And you have to go through an Academy and it's like, it's a whole awesome thing now. Whereas when I first got there, it was like, get up on the roof and cut a hole and ventilate the structure. And dude, we cut so many holes. Like I can't even, I want to say like my first year on the truck company, we went to like, 36 fires and we were just cutting like just cutting holes on everything it didn't matter if like if it needed it or not <laughs> you know it was, it was crazy but I got I got some of that experience um, from being on the truck but having these guys come in and teach us was you really had to have kind of like an open mind and a humble attitude you know what I mean because they're coming in teaching you something but I was new I was new in the fire in the fire department so like I dude, I was just like hungry for more information and more knowledge you know and honestly I didn't really want to do the truck company thing at first um, because it wasn't what my, like 
what my vision of what a firefighter was. Like I always pictured like a firefighter would roll off the back of the engine, stretch the line into the structure and put the fire out. Now I roll off the back of the truck with a chainsaw, 24 foot extension and a roof ladder. And I go to the roof and cut a hole and let all the, the stuff out. You know what I mean? And I was like, dude, this is not like what I wanted, what I thought it was going to be until I realized how complex like truck work actually is and how many different ad facets there are to it and all the different things that you'll be doing with search and sizing up and, and what your knowledge of building construction needs to be. And then I realized, dude, there is just so much to this job that people don't realize it, 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 it's, it's almost overwhelming at times, you know, and the more you study, the more knowledge you get and the more people you find that are, that are, um, I guess for lack of a better word into the job. So, uh, anyway, yeah. That answers your question at all. I don't know. Cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's go back to that station pride thing. And, you know, uh, I think most guys that are into the job have uh, read pride and ownership by Rick Lasky, but, and I think that that was great. That set up a big movement across the country, but it was like the little things that I noticed at your station, like, the sign, the stuff you guys did in the day room, what you guys did with the with everybody's personal tools, uh, and the culture that you you have going on there. Can you talk a little bit about like that movement within your station yeah, to get that? Dude, absolutely. So I'm going to go back to to station nine real quick and just talk briefly about that. So when I got on the truck company and and um, man, my crew there, dude, was just like super down to earth, super humble dudes, super engaged, but like they didn't want anybody to know. It was like this, it was like, it was like the Wichita's best kept secret. I mean, it really was. We're kind of, um, you know, I don't know if you want to say midtown kind of east side-ish. So we would roll to all the fires on the east side. And when I first got on truck three, it was the only truck from like Edgemore East. So we ran all the fires on the east side of Wichita, which east side is, you know, a, a little bit uh, more uppity. So they didn't have quite as many fires, but if you rolled down South, we would get a decent amount, you know? So I got on there at first and then I found out after, Oh God, we were probably there six years that we were going to get a seven years. Maybe we we're going to get a new truck. We we're going to get a new, a brand new apparatus. And I had heard a little bit about like these things called push-ins, right? Where you would like kind of honor the people that came before you and honor the guys that like laid a firm foundation in, in the fire service and in your department. And so I kind of started doing a little bit of research on, on what that was. And dude, I, I started to find out like how deep the like honor culture in the fire department actually goes. And that rabbit hole goes as deep as you want it to go. Right. Cause it was dude, it's crazy when you start looking into the fire service and how these dudes back in the day, like used to just live at the fire department. Right. And like, if you even look into some of the even more crazy stuff is you'll, like, you'll see that like some of these dudes weren't even allowed to have wives. Like you couldn't be married. Like you had to be like, and so they would like sneak out at night, you know, like go see like their significant others or whatever. Um, and this is, and that's not across the country, but these are just some of the stories I was reading about. And I was like, man, why do life was so much different back then? You know what I mean? Um, but one of the things that they would do, and I think that we all know this, especially the ones that do the push in stuff is one of the things that they would do is you would, you would, uh, you know, you have this truck push in. And so you wash the wheels off of your rig and then you, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, um, honor the guys that used to have to wash off the manure and the dirt off of the horse and buggies back in the day. And then they have to push, you know, unbridle their horses and then push their apparatus back in the station. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. You know, 
maybe we could do something like that with our new truck, like, and then have our families come up to the station because I don't think people realize like how much, um, dedication it is to your that your family is making for you when you're in the I mean if you have a 24 and 48 off schedule you're giving a third of your life to the fire department you know what I mean and so we have these dudes that I heard a, a chief of mine say the other day these guys that leave the department unhappy um, it's almost like disrespectful to your family right because you gave a third of your life and you were away from your kids for their birthdays and all this different stuff. And, and you gave a third of your life to that. And then you leave disgruntled. I mean, how do you, what do you think your family thinks about that? They're like, dang, you know, dad, like he's all mad right now. And I didn't get to see him for half of these vacations and holidays and all this stuff. And so I was thinking, dude, how do we like show our families what it is that we really, why this is such a big deal and what it is that we really love about it. You know what I mean? And so I was like, dude, we can invite them up and then we can kind of like talk about what it is that we love in the fire service and then they can help us wash these trucks down and then we'll, we'll do this pushing thing. And so, so what we did was we took um, a piece of the old truck that we had. We had like this big Wichita fire department sign that went down the side of the ladder. And so we took that off and um, we got permission, of course, <laughs> but we took this thing off and I was like, Hey, we're going to mount this up in the kitchen. And then everybody that's ever been assigned to this truck company can sign the back of this thing. You know what I mean? Dude, it's so cheesy, but it's like this little tiny buy-in thing. I'm like, and then they're kind of like, their name is on there forever. Like you retire, your name and badge numbers on the back of this thing. You know, if you want to put a little quote back there, you can like whatever you want to do. So we took off a piece of this truck and we hung it up in the kitchen and I was super nervous. Like I didn't know how this truck pushing thing was going to go. We kind of organized this whole thing and, 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 and called the fire museum that we have in town. They brought this old engine out and we were just like, dude, I don't know what's going to happen. We ended up having like 120 some people show up to the station and it was just packed. And like these dude, it was so awesome to see like the excitement on the kids eyes. Like when we took these buckets, you know, and, and we talked about making a bucket brigade like they did back in the day. And you would hand off bucket to bucket to bucket to each person until, you know, they got to the fire and put it out. So what we did was we don't have dry trucks in Wichita yet. We've got three coming, but at the time we still had wet trucks. And so we took a little bit of the water from the, from the old truck and we did this bucket brigade thing where all the kids and the adults are in a line and we just kind of handed these buckets, you know, person to person and poured it into the new truck and just all that little tiny stuff that like created a little bit of like culture and buy-in, you know what I mean? Uh, for our guys. And you could just see like, everybody's chest was a little bit more puffed out at the end of the day, you know, and then everybody's like, Hey, we should, we should get a picture in front of the truck. Like, let's get all the dudes that are here from all across the shifts and, and just get like one big, big picture. And I don't know how your department is, but you know, a lot of times you butt heads with the guys that are on the other shifts, but this was like that one opportunity in that one day where we could all just kind of like agreed on one thing that we were just like proud to be here. and proud to be firemen and proud to be a part of the station and this truck. Right. And so because I had such a legit crew at that station and they were all really humble dudes it, that worked out really well for us at station nine. Um, and then I got over to the sock station. Um, and those dudes are like a whole different animal and they're super good dudes, but they're very type a personality. They're very much like set in their ways. They're very much like, Hey, our shift is the best shift. And this is how we roll and how we do things. Um, which you kind of have to be that way you know, when you're over there because you're, you're relied upon to do some things that maybe some other places aren't, don't have to do. 
Um, so building culture at that station was a whole different animal, like a whole different ball game. Um, and, and I want to reiterate that these are not like my ideas. This was like collectively as a, as a group ideas that people came up with. Um, so talk, so like, before you jump into, you move to a new station, yeah. special ops station, what's housed at that new, new station? How many so, people are you so, talking? So right now we got six people that are on duty every shift. And then occasionally if there's an extra, we'll have seven. So we roll uh, rescue one out of station four and then engine four. And then everybody that's at that station with the exception of maybe one are special operations company individuals. So, and, and we have a pretty rigorous, um, testing process that we have to go through in order to even get be considered to be put on special operations you know so it's not like take this test and you're on it's like you know you do a swim test you do a high as a matter of fact even before you can even uh, attempt to try out they take you down to the training grounds and they put you through some really basic firefighter skills just to see where you're at like skill level wise and then if you if you please the chiefs i guess if you say if you want to say it that way, then you have the opportunity to actually test out to get on the team. And then once you've tested out to get on the team, it's up to the captains to select who they would like to have to their station. So, dude, it's – I think it – I got on the, the team seven years ago, and it took like almost four – three and a half years before I actually – a position opened up and they selected me to come over. So I went over as a firefighter. I left the truck company and went as a firefighter. And you kind of just have to have some recommendation from – your other officers and it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a neat thing you know what i mean it's a neat way it really so the dudes that show up there are are engaged if that makes sense you know they're they've already bought in <laughs> to quite a bit of work just to be considered to be on the team um but still some of the culture stuff they're not 100 percent in on you know what i mean like uh, some of the old school stuff and so that was that was where kind of i thought we were a little bit lacking uh you it kind of felt like a commercial building i guess the station did you know what i mean you would show up there and it had great apparatus <coughs> excuse me but it had like like bare walls like there wasn't a whole lot going on as far as like um i don't want i don't want to say not passion for the job because these dudes are passionate individuals it just it was I mean, they they wanted to go to that station because they're going to make a lot of right. runs there yes. right yes. and they're they're going to be the 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 ones that everybody calls uh you know, when stuff's going sideways. So those, I'm guessing those guys have been, the majority of the people that have been there for a while, if it's kind of a hard, hard house to get into. Dude. Yes. And the dudes that are there, like you don't leave once you get there. You know what I mean? Like you, I mean, the dudes that were there when I came on, you know, a lot of them have 30 plus years on and just had been doing this for a while, you know? And it, I mean, it is a tough, it was a, you know, I, I, it was a tough group of people. Like they had a lot of grit. And I had so much respect for that because I, I just loved, like I, I so badly wanted to be that. And, uh, you know, I didn't even come on the fire department until I was 26 um, because I didn't think I was the type of individual that would make a good fireman. If that makes sense. I know that sounds weird. And then when I got on, like, dude, I was just so hungry to like learn everything that I could. And the dudes that I would, I just, so, I just so blessed to, to meet some of the people that I met, but these dudes are just super experienced had just been around the job for a long time and just made like every call imaginable, you know? So I just like, I'm looking up to these dudes like, Oh my gosh, these dudes are, are like, uh, you know, staples of the Wichita fire department. Um, and so I had a lot to learn from them, but also I felt like we were just, we were kind of lacking on, on the, like 
pride of the station type stuff. And it's hard at that station too, because it's so busy. I mean, you're just, you're just constantly making runs. And so you barely have time to like actually do any of the little, you know, pride things that you can do in your station. You know what I mean? And so when we started doing some of those things, it was so funny too, because some of the other shifts would be like, oh, I see that it's uh, arts and crafts day again. You know, <laughs> because we wanted to make um, what, it, what it really came down to was those guys I was kind of talking about just now. And I mean, I so bad I want to throw out names and all these dudes because it just got had such a big impact on my career. Um, I was like, dude, how can we like these dudes are gone? Like they're not here now. Like the guy that I replaced, like he is gone. Like went to another station. A lot of these dudes started retiring and started leaving. And I'm looking at like the, uh, what they left behind and what they had built and what this, what this, um, what this station means to the department, you know? And when people talk about special operations, how like, you know, you'd hear about these dive calls that they made, or, or you'd hear about these swift water calls that they made where they saved somebody's, uh, you know, little baby or something like that. And, and just a lot of crazy things that only that station was responsible for. And when they leave, they're just gone. Like that memory is gone, that all of that, that experience is gone. And I was like, man, this ain't right. Like, how can we, what can we do to change this? You know? And so I was kind of having some conversations with some guys and they were like, yeah, man, I, you know, I don't know. We just don't have a lot of time around here. And um, I thought, dude, what if we did like a huge American flag and we just like put everybody's names on it that's ever been stationed at this station? Let's just make like this huge, like make it like bigger than a lot, like this huge flag. And guys like, yeah, that'd be cool, but we got a lot of military dudes here, and they might think that's like defacing the flag. And I hadn't thought about that, right? So I'm like, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. And I was like, well, maybe if we just did like a big honor plaque, right? Like just a big board that we could. I mean, this is we're, we're having this conversation at the station with some of the other with some of the other crew, and we're just and no officers would be involved in it. It would just be firemen. That way, it doesn't get weird. And we'll just like come up with all. We'll find out all the dudes that's ever been on the rescue. And we'll put their names on this board and then we'll, we'll just kind of, and, and then we'll invite them all to like do this thing and we'll have like a little ceremony thing and, and um, you know, have all these old school dudes come into the station, you know, and then just kind of tell them, Hey fellas, anytime you want to come back, have a cup of coffee and, and shoot the, shoot the breeze or whatever. And tell us about some of your experiences, like your name's on the wall, like you're welcome here anytime, you know, type of thing. And so we ended up, we ended up actually making this huge board. And I think you saw it when you were there. Um, we kind of, it's kind of something we're kind of proud of and it's got all the, the members names on it. And, um, it, 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 um, it's just something to call, to like create a little bit more buy-in to dudes that were like coming on to the rescue or even coming on to the job. Like they come in like, Oh, what's this? Like, Oh man, what if you get on the rescue, like you, you get your name on this board and it will be here forever. Like way before, way after you're gone from the job, like your name will be on here and maybe somebody will bring you up and a story will come from it. It's just little things like that that we're trying to like create buy-in, right? So we did that. And then there was a couple other guys. I, I got promoted and shipped out. And a couple guys were like, hey, we want to build like a run, like a run board, right? And so I think that's the other one you saw. It's just a, a big board there. It's got Firehouse 4 on it. And, and it's all hand-painted. And just dudes like spent some time on it. Like they're like, they, they like engaged into it, you know? And um, it, it kind of, created even more buy-in um and then we had a shift that kind of thought all this stuff we were doing was kind of a joke right 
And they're like, ah, dude, these guys like spending more time painting all these little arts and crafts stuff than they are working. You know what? We're going to, we're going to make ourselves a big old four by eight sheet of plywood in here. We're going to paint it blue and put just hand paint a big rescue one on it. Like kind of like making a joke out of it. Right. They paint this big board, dude. And I remember we came walking in the station one day. I was like, dang, this, look at this table. This thing is badass. And they had done it as a joke. Right. And it was so funny because the ship was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we did it. I mean, that's what we did it for, you know? <laughs> so then I was like, the whole attitude like kind of changed. Like it started out as a joke and then turned into this thing. And now dude, every morning, like at shift change, like everybody's sitting around that table, drinking a cup of coffee on the app floor, having conversations about what you did the shift before, you know? Um, and then you saw uh, a, a couple shoot that, that tool, that tool set up just came here a couple months ago. Like some guys were like, man, there sure are a lot of personal tools around the station. Maybe we should make like something to put them all in. So then you can kind of show up and then just select your tool that you want. And so, um, God, dude, we're just so fortunate to have like so many good dudes, you know, but, but each little thing like caused a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more buy-in from each member. And then you would see each guy doing a little bit more. And now they have, they're like super invested in the station. You know what I mean? And so now they have all these things that these guys have worked so hard on. Like, it's like, this is their place. Like, I don't even like using the word station. It's a firehouse, right? I mean, that's where we actually live. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. But, um, yeah, I, I, dude, I'm rambling a little bit here, I know. So No, it's all good. It, like, you go in and you look, and it feels like home. Although it's not the fancy recliners. It's not, <laughs> you know, high-dollar stuff. But I think every kid, when they, everybody, when they sign up for to work in the job, it's like that's the kind of firehouse you want to be at. It just it reeks of fires and brotherhood, and uh, Dude, it's, it was I just cool. Those recliners, man. <laughs> those recliners are a trip, are they not? Like, dude, you can't even hardly sit in them. Like, one of them's like constantly turning to the right, or they're just all broke down, and just it's. Uh, but dude, it's just part of like our station and what we have going. You know what? Actually, I want to tell you like a real quick thing that happened last shift, dude. And, and here's why I think it's so important to have some of this buy-in stuff, because man, every day is not going to be a great day. You know what I mean? Like you can't show up every single day. I mean, I'm, let's be realistic. Like I show up days and I'm beat down and I'm tired and I'm not even recovered from the last shift yet. I mean, dude, it, it, it is nothing. And I mean, it. I'm not even saying this. It's nothing for us to run 15 to 20 calls a shift on that engine and just get just straight up destroyed. And last shift, I was, dude, I was just beat down. I was tired. And um, we actually had a newer guy at the station that day. And he was, um, it was his birthday. <laughs> And that I had, somebody had told me that it was his birthday in the morning. Cause dude, I'm, I'm big on that kind of stuff. Like I love like honoring people and like making like a big thing of embarrassing them if you have to, you know, but you know, later, like they kind of appreciate it. Right. And so dude, I was in that office and I was sitting there typing at the computer, doing my reports or whatever. And one of our firefighters comes in and it was getting kind of later in the day and we hadn't had dinner yet. And I know the guys were getting hungry and he kind of comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, LT, uh, uh, and I was like, what dude, like I'm in here with this computer. Like I'm about to punch a hole in it. You know, like I'm so irritated. And he's like, Hey man, I just, it was Billman's birthday. And I thought maybe we should go get him like something for his birthday. And immediately I was like, dude, I'm in here mad at this computer. And this dude is like trying to go out of his way for this guy that he doesn't even hardly know just to kind of honor him a little bit and just show him a little appreciation because this guy shows up and man, he works his butt off for us and we really appreciate it. He's not, not a special operations guy, but he, he works hard, you know, and you always want to like show, I, I want to show appreciation for that. You know what I mean? Like that's important. And 
our firefighters start showing appreciation for that too. And immediately I was like, dude, yes. Like I'm so, you know what? I'm sorry that I got grumpy. Let's go do this thing. I guess the, the whole, re, the whole thing I was trying to say is man, when you're, when you have built a culture where each other are about building each other up, if you're having a bad day, man, that's the day that your other guy is going to build you up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know that this is, that's a super cliche thing to say, but it really is. But if you have a culture of your station where we're constantly ribbing each other and we're constantly giving each other a hard time, we're constantly, you know, beating each other's, uh, beating each other down or whatever, like, dude, I don't think that would have happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he would have come in and been like, hey, dude, let's do something for, for this guy's birthday. So, man, we went out and got some barbecue and bought some pies and, yeah, we did it up right, man. <laughs> we we got these uh, New York roof hooks and we had balloons tied to them and printed off a happy. And they're on a call, so we did this all in like ten minutes. Had this stuff all set up, dude. He comes in, and we're singing happy birthday to this dude, and it was just, man, it was funny and it was so cheesy and such a tiny thing. But dude, it's that kind of stuff that just kind of brings you together that much more. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just, man, you've got to just like create a culture of honor for each other. Like be honoring each other, be honoring the guys that came before, be honoring the dudes that have time on the job and, and honoring that person is by saying, Hey man, you got any stories for us? Or, you know, Hey, you got anything you want to train on today? Like, dude, I, hang on, where's that thing at? Um, I think sometimes we, we make this about us sometimes and it takes all types. You know what I mean? we got to be open to suggestion from other people. Like we got to be open to like um, collectively building this thing as better than when we found it. And, and I know, dude, that's such a cliche thing to say, but like, what are we actually doing to do that? Right. And don't be worried about like, we can go into this here in a minute, but like, you know, getting your head lopped off because you're sticking your neck out there. Dude, nobody ever did anything worth doing that, 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 that somebody didn't look at and say, man, what are you doing? Why are you doing it that way? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Like, don't worry about the naysayers, dude. Don't worry about that stuff. It ain't no big deal. So I just, I just told that story just because I was, it, it was pretty exciting for me. You know that, what I mean? That story was an absolute setup. Um, Cause I got three different directions I want to go. And I, I'm like, I don't even know which one to go first, which is awesome. Yeah. I love celebrating birthdays. Uh, yeah. One of my firemen uh, that I, that I worked with for a long time uh, that kind of, he, he kind of did that. And man, I just loved it. And yeah, you know, sometimes we, we wouldn't even have a candle in the station. So we stupid, but we'd light a plastic fork on top just cause we have to have something to blow out. Right. Yes, dude, and, yes. and, and get a dang picture. Like we need more pictures with, with people. And yes. uh, you got, you guys jumped out quick, but I would, I, we missed that opportunity to get a picture of our crew and your crew together. I was, you know, I was like, man, we got to do this. And then boop, tones are up and you guys are out the door in about 10 seconds. And it's like, Oh, we just, we got to do more of that. That just means oh, you got to come back to Wichita. So anyway. oh, yeah, we will definitely be back. <laughs> um, so now, now I got to like compose my thoughts. Two things um, that I want to hit you talked about, you guys are a closed house, right? So for the most part, you don't have a lot of people floating in, a lot of no. new people, you're special ops. Right. Um, I want to get to talk about new hires in a minute, but how important is it as an officer to make somebody that's coming into your station for the day? You guys got a bunch of high performing type A dudes. How yeah. important is it for you to welcome that member that is coming in just for the day? It's not his normal station. He's probably like one of the low guys getting bumped out. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I got to go over and I'm already nervous. Cause now I'm at like engine four and, and rescue. How do you, how do you do that? Cause it's real easy to say you're not part of our crew and Hey, 
dump on them. Dude, it's, you know what? I, I, I mean, I think you know my answer to this. It's huge, dude. It's like, it's everything because that's the next generation. You know what I mean? And if we're constantly making it about ourselves or constantly making it about how good we are, we'll miss opportunity. And, you know, I, I, God, I do. I, I wish I remember I was here. I heard this either on a podcast the other day or something. And it basically said, we have to um, um, put ourselves in positions to make the job better for someone else. So put yourself in a position to make your job better for someone else. And also, here's the other thing. We have to create opportunity for those new individuals that are coming in. You have to create opportunity because you're going to tell them to keep their mouth shut. You're going to tell them, don't say anything. Don't do anything. Just put your head down, work hard. And hey, I'm, look, I'm fine with that. Like, I don't like, you know, people coming in talking too much either. But if you're going to tell somebody to come into your firehouse as a rookie and not talk, then you better create opportunity for that individual to show what he can do. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? You better create it up either through training or through, if you go to a call, like let, let that individual shine and, and, and let it, let them show you what type of person they are. You know what I mean? But dude, I, I don't, I, I've never really been big on, on, um, I let other guys do it, I guess, but, but, but I've never been big on just giving rookies like a super hard time. Like as soon as I see like a new guy, like I see opportunity to mold somebody into something great. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, dude, that's what people did with me. And of course I had, dude, I had a senior guy, which I'm huge on senior men. Like I think, dude, that is a, that is a position in the fire service that is slowly going away. And we have to be so careful that we don't allow that to happen. But uh, man, I had a senior guy, this dude taught me so much and, and he was respectful to me, but then he gave me a hard time too. So there's like that happy medium there. But uh, dude, if we're not passing on this information to these new guys, like what, what are we really doing? You know what I mean? I mean, we have to make, we have to put our own pride aside and show these people like what it is to be a firefighter. Like and that, that goes across all fronts. We're not really talking about training today. We could talk about training and we could talk about stretching line and we could talk about setting up rope systems and all this different stuff or whatever. But dude, it starts with a culture of honor, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Of honoring each other, putting somebody else in front, putting someone else's interests in front of your own interests, and then passing on that knowledge. Because does that make? I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, it does. Kind of where I'm at. And you know, I f- I feel like. Um especially in that closed house environment or people look at special ops and they're like, Oh, those guys are a-holes. <laughs> they're, they're, Oh, they're, they're, they're awesome, but I don't get them because they're a bunch of passionate dudes that want to make a lot of runs and they're too into the job. Yeah. When they come and work at our station for one shift, if we keep them as outsiders, that's our one opportunity to, to welcome them into our world and say, we're, we're not exclusive. We're inclusive. We want you part of this. And if you choose to be part of this, we'll do everything we can to pour into you uh, to help you get what you need. And, um, you know, I, and, I love that we got to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know what? I do want to touch on that too, because it, all this stuff we're talking about makes it sound like life in Wichita is different than it is somewhere else. It's not dude. Like if you're on the rescue, like you are pretty much, uh, I'm hated is the word. I'd like to think that I'm not hated, but yeah, dude, people are gunning for you all the time. There's a spotlight on your station at all times uh, you know, you are expected to show up and perform. Um, and here's the other thing. There are so many good firemen in Wichita and I'm not just, I'm not bragging about the city. I'm just telling you, dude, we got firehouse two that's just East of our station. And those boys don't play games. Like they get on their rigs fast. They show up to the fires quick and they get the job done. Like I'm constantly impressed 
across all three shifts about how solid that station is. Firehouse One is just right downtown. Those dudes get it done. Firehouse 12 down the street from us, 19s, 22s. Like, dude, we're surrounded uh, at Station 4 by really good firehouses with solid firemen at them. I mean, we really are. So <laughs> we show up to a house fire, we will put enough people at that fire to stomp that thing out. Like, I'm not even joking you. Um, and, and we, and as, as a whole, uh, we're a good department, but those are just the guys that I run with often. And there's constant competition. There's constant dudes trying to get to the rig faster. I mean, it's just nonstop. I, I don't know exactly where I was going with this, but I guess I was just saying that, yeah, there's always a spotlight on station four because it's a special operations station, but we also have these other dudes that are kind of like, Hey, we got to show up before the rescue gets there and get it done before they show up, you know? And I, dude, some people hate that. I love that, dude. That's like proactive thinking. That's like these dudes are do every, I'll take any one of them at my station right now. Like that type of attitude can be taught. You know what I mean? You can teach them something. If you got a bunch of dudes that just hate to hate, you ain't going to get anywhere with that. So anyway, I'm getting off my soapbox. I was, dude, I was getting kind of worked up there for a second. Anyway. <laughs> Let's, let's transition to new guys. You said that uh, typically at your station, you don't have new guys, uh, but right. you've got a new guy coming down to your station and you guys are looking forward to that. Talk about what, how that, how that is. Yeah. So we don't, so blue helmets or, or rookies don't, or probies or whatever you want to call them. They don't, we don't get them at station four often. And and, and when I say new guy, the guy that's rolling in there is, is, is um, he's got a little bit of time on, but, He's new to special operations. And before you would try out and then, you know, you would get on the team and you would be in another station and you might or you might not get an opportunity to come over. And kind of what they're trying to set up now is, hey, let's let's bring some of these dudes in and see how they operate for a little while. And if we like them and if we don't like them, it's not because there's something wrong with them. They just not might not be special operations material. You know, swift water stuff, diving stuff, high angle stuff, all this stuff is not for everybody. It's just it's just not, you know, that doesn't mean you're not a good fireman. It just means this is not your thing, you know? Um, so dude, we're stoked to have this guy. It's going to, it's going to ramp up our training a little bit. It's going to ramp up uh, teaching some of the basics, which is super easy to get away from. I think especially when you're, when you're with a bunch of uh, experienced dudes, like we have at station four, uh, sometimes you, you, um, I mean, that's up to officers, but sometimes you forget to train on the basics as much, you know what I mean? Um, and the basics are where every, the foundation is built for everything else. And it's all a perishable skill. So we, as much as we would like to say we're, we're, we're trained on structural collapse and all this stuff all the time, dude, if we're not stretching hose and going over our search stuff, uh, you know, pretty often as well, like, dude, that skill is going to go away, you know, and we do, we just cannot afford for that to happen. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're pretty stoked that they're kind of changing um, the dynamic of how we've done things in the past and they're bringing in, you know, allowing some newer guys to come in so we can actually, you know, not only see what they have to offer, but then they can see what we have to offer as well and see what they, if they want to be a part of what we're doing. And then they'll go back to their firehouse and maybe have this conversation about, Hey, these dudes treated me super good. And that now we're changing the outlook of what outside stations view the station as. Does that make sense? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. What about, uh, so you guys are pretty busy. T tell us about like what your average shift call volume, what, what's it like for your station? Dude, <laughs> this is, man, I, it's a busy house. Um, I think that we're the, I, I mean, man, I'm just telling you this just to tell you the numbers. I don't, I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah, we're, 
something special here because I don't I don't feel like we are. I just feel like we're showing up and doing our job or whatever. You know what I mean? But I think the only the only apparatus in Wichita that's busier than us is Squad One, and Squad One is downtown. And our squads are different than what you might a traditional squad. Like it's not a rescue squad. It's literally a two man truck that is a taxi to fires and um, runs a bunch of medical calls. You know. So that's what squad one and, and we got a lot of homeless uh, individuals in our downtown area. So they are just get, you know, destroyed by that. And we, we are second to that. We're the biggest, busiest engine in Kansas period. Um, we run anywhere from 10 to, to 30 alarms collectively as a station between the rescue and the engine. I've had, I think two or three shifts since I've been there where we ran 30 plus calls collectively. And, you know, 15 to 20 of those will be run by the engine. And then, of course, the, the, the rescue rolls to every fire on the south, east, and west side of town. So they're, they're rolling to quite a few fires. And every single uh, 1048 rollover, rescue goes on. Uh, every pin, the rescue goes on. So you're getting a significant amount of call volume just in a short amount of time, you know, um, which makes it exhausting at that station sometimes to do some of this pride and ownership type stuff. Um, so the, yeah, the, so the question was so that I could set you up. So busy is cool. Especially right. if you're like, Hey, I want to go ride with, with Jonathan and we go down and we can catch a couple, a couple busy yeah. tours and then come on down. If somebody then, wants to. And then, then you go back to your station and you're running four or five or six calls. So the, the, the stuff that you end up having to deal with, I think that would be struggles as an officer. Number one, um, how do you fit training in when you're that busy? And then number two, uh, how do you keep guys from burnout when you're running, you know, you're running 20 calls, but, but 15 of those are calls that they never should have called 911 for. Dude, so right? I'll let you yeah. tackle those in any order that you want, but yeah, like gut run, I call them gut runs. <laughs> But I don't call them gut runs to disrespect the people that we're making calls on. Because if you call 911, you obviously need help with something. Whether you got a mental problem or you're lonely or maybe you really do have, dude, like a real emergency. Dude, we delivered a baby last shift, by the way, which was uh, legit. You know, uh, I've, I've been to a couple of those calls, but this one was straight up the real deal. And we walked in, this baby was coming out. And I was like, well, I'll take 15 of those over like, you know, the CCR or CPR or whatever. Uh, that was pretty awesome, but it's just, dude, you never know like what you're going to get at the station. But so we have dedicated training days. So every Thursday is a special operations training day, but we train every single day at the station. So in the mornings we'll have engine training and in the afternoon we'll have rescue training. And, and it is, dude, it is an exhausting place to be. It just truly is because you're running all those calls. You know, you, you might have to leave what you're doing um, and come back to it and pick it up after you've made a run or whatever. It's just, it is a very high speed place to be. And sometimes, dude, you really don't. I mean, sleep is like like fifth or sixth on the priority list. I mean, it, it truly is. Um, so it, it can be really exhausting. You know what I mean? Um, and then the training part of it, on top of that, like, our, our dude, our captain is, man, he is a good dude. I mean, he is adamant about making sure that the dudes are, like, dialed in and ready to go. Like, his goal <clears throat> is for us to roll up. And him hardly have to say or do anything because these guys already know what's expected. They know what they're supposed to do. Here's the order. And, 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 and keeping dudes from getting burned out is extremely difficult. It honestly is. I mean, because of that, um, I try to come to work with a positive attitude. I can stay as positive as I can. And I don't want to be fake, but as positive as I can. And then also this, this thing that we're talking about, like 
pride in your station, pride in your department, pride in the other guys that you work with, honoring each other, you know, knowing that, dude, if I have a freaking super crappy day, like so-and-so is going to come to me and like, instead of calling each other out, just like, Hey man, what, what, what's going on today, bro? Like, what can I do for you? Like what you, what's, what's causing this issue that you're having? You know what I mean? Um, creating that culture, like that's the opposite of like what we usually do, uh, you know, on the department, <laughs> which usually just destroy each other with, uh, insults, you know, until somebody like turns it around or blows up or whatever, which, you know, some people react better than that. I guess I'm just not that guy, but, uh, um, no, I get made fun of, uh, from time to time. They're like, uh, cause I, it, well, I get made fun of a lot and I'm cool with that, but specifically on the topic of, I don't like the negativity. I don't like the sarcasm. I don't like that. And you go to some houses and it's just a sarcasm circus and Bro. that's fine. But sometimes yes. we got to cut through it. And I, I, I love that you, what you said, I, I, I love the positivity to try to bring people up and that, you know, sometimes when you're getting, when you're getting killed with runs, it, it's fun to say, Hey, we, you know, we've, we've made nine calls in three hours. We keep up this pace. We're going to be at like 96 runs for the day and just laughing. Just someday you're going to look back and say, uh, you know, I miss that. And I love what you said before about the, uh, you know, we're giving a third of our life away from our family. Right. It's horrible to be miserable for that third of our life. Let's make it be worth something. Dude, uh, let me, let me touch on, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but you're right. Let's a hundred percent. This is, so here is like at the root of it all right here for me, dude, life is a hundred percent about other people. It just like, it's about other people. It is like, I dude, I had a grandpa that was um, uh, the uh, chaplain of the Oklahoma city jail. Um, he was down there, uh, you know, when the bomb went off and, and, and just, um, he, he dedicated his life to helping people that were less fortunate and had made bad decisions in their lives. You know what I mean? And I can still remember being there a couple of times with him. He'd be like, Hey, he's like, John, come in here. I want I want to show you something, dude. Now I'll never forget this. Like we're laying on the floor of solitary confinement in the Oklahoma city jail. And this dude is reciting like Bible passages underneath the, 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 the door. You know what I mean? Because my grandfather or my grandpa had, had, you know, instilled some, some positive things to him, you know, and I've got an uncle in Birmingham, Alabama. And if you don't know much about Birmingham, dude, they've, they've got quite an inner city there. That's pretty rough. And he moved out there and, um, and, um, moved into the inner city with his family just to help the less fortunate. You know what I mean? Um, so like my whole family kind of has like this culture of like, just supporting and helping other people, like making life about, not about yourself, about someone else. You know what I mean? So, dude, when we roll out on these calls, like, I sincerely, like, I am not joking you, like, dude, I love it. Like, I love showing up to all the, the, the drug addicts and the people that are having a terrible day and the people that have made horrible decisions. Because you never know, like, one thing that you might say to that person that might change their mind and change the entire aspect and outlook of where they go from there, you know? And it's super, and dude, I get made fun of all the time for that. Um, but I think deep down as a firefighter, we almost all share that same passion in, in a one way, shape or form or the other. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I would hope anyway, but that, that's how I stay motivated. You know what I mean? Cause I know like, dude, today, like, first of all, you walk in the station and you saw our rigs. I'm not bragging, but dude, they are badass. Like for real, you know what I mean? I walk in, I'm like, I am bossing this thing today. Are you kidding me? You know? And then I'll go get like my personal tool and I set it up. And I get my stuff set up and I look at the crew that I got rolling with me today. And that's another thing that we're trying to kind of do is, is get like some dedicated positions at our station 
Um, you know, so you know what you're doing that day. Like, you know, it's not going to be a surprise, but you know, and then we just rolling out together, like as a, as a crew, like, dude, just helping people. Like if you can keep that somehow, like, dude, I think you're in the right direction. Like you're going the right direction. So dude, I, once again, tangent, but <laughs> no, anyway. I love it. it I, I love the passion that comes out. And, you know, we were talking before we, we started the podcast a little bit about putting yourself out there and, uh, when you put yourself out there, Paul Combs has a, as a cartoon that you just put a target on your back and yeah. people are going to make fun of you. People are going to make fun of you if you're passionate about the fire service, if you're passionate about your faith, whatever. But when we were talking, it's like everybody who made a difference in my life was passionate about something, whether yeah. it was uh, Paul Capo sharing his faith with me, whether it was all the brothers and sisters, Dennis Smith wrote report from engine company 82, all these little passionate people, not little people, but big, big personalities, their passion sprinkled in my life made me who I am. And I, the way you are, I love it. And I think that large personality and the passion that you share is, is helping fuel somebody else, you know, and, and I hope, I hope, <laughs> you know, one thing I will say that I do have that I have been super, super fortunate. And I mean, it. and, it, and it, you, you got to find a mentor Like you've got to find somebody that you can call on those times when you don't know what to do or you're in a situation and it does not have to be somebody in the fire service, but find somebody that is like passionate about going in the same direction as you and knows what victory looks like in whatever it is that you're fighting. So your mentor might change from time to time. Does you know what, does that, does that make a little bit of sense? You know, uh, like I think sometimes we search out people for help on things that they know nothing about. Um, search out for the people like that, that know what victory looks like in what area of life that you're struggling with at that moment, you know? Um, constantly be reading and picking stuff up and dude, go into these fire conferences. Just like, I mean, I always just wanted to be on the Wichita fire department. Like that's all I wanted to do. Like I didn't, I didn't really know what the fire department looked like in other places. Like when I was a kid, dude, like I, I came to Wichita, I used to live in Oklahoma. You know, I was born in Oklahoma. My parents were from here. We come to Wichita and there was a kid's the children's museum downtown and dude, they had bunker gear in there. And like, you could go in there and put this bunker gear on. Like that was like all I knew about Wichita was, oh, we're going back to Wichita. Sweet. I hope we can go to the Children's Museum so I can go put this bunker gear on. Like I am super the cheesy dude that like that's just all I ever wanted to do, you know. Um, 9-11 rolled around and I'm roofing a garage with my dad and a fire truck drives by and just I just feel like that, man, I, dude, I bet that job is awesome. I would love to do that, you know. And I told myself that over and over and I'm super fortunate that I have a wife that was like, hey, um, I don't want you to be 40, look back on your life and say, why did I never do that? You know I mean? She was kind of the one that convinced me to like get on the fire department and dude, it has been a crazy train since that day. I mean, dude, we didn't have any money. Like <laughs> I remember I put my wife on my back and I would walk up and down the steps of the little one bedroom, one bathroom, tiny studio apartment that we had just cause I, I wanted to, I didn't know what kind of shape I needed to be in, but I figured I think firemen carry people. So I'm just going to do this. So I like, <laughs> I did that and I ran and I did all these things. And dude, ever since like I got hired, like I have never looked recruit class for me was one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. Like I never like wrestled state or played football or I mean, I played basketball growing up, but like the fire service, like, dude, I'm like a hundred percent, like I'm, I'm in, like, it's so much fun for me. All of it has just been a blast. 
And so I guess my whole reason for doing what I'm doing is I know how, how good the department and the fire service has been to me because of where my heart is at. And why would I not want someone else to feel what I'm feeling and experience what I've experienced? So dude, I'm just constantly trying to put it out there. Like, dude, if you could just get engaged or if you could just do this, or if you could just grasp a hold of a little bit of this, the, the, the ride is so good. Like it, you will love it so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I hope that I, that I can, I, dude, I'm hoping I'm getting this point across. It, it's kind of sounded a little crazy at the moment. So you talked a little bit about finding a mentor. Who, who was a mentor for you in, in your career? Yeah, dude. So like I've had a lot, I mean, there's a lot of dudes and I would like to admit like me and drop all of them if I could, but there's, if, if you, if I thought of one in particular, it'd be a, a guy by the name of Wade Holly that's been here in Wichita. And he, when I was on truck three, he was on truck three also, and he was a shift and he's got some time on. Um, he was, he's, he's kind of the senior guy, um, a senior truck company guy for sure. But uh, every morning, you know, we would always just discuss, you know, tactics and different things in the morning about, you know, what we love about the job or hate about the job or whatever, and just constantly ribbing each other and things like that. And he was always pushing me, uh, first of all, to just be a better truck guy, but also to like teach a class for Wichita Hot, which I was familiar with Wichita Hot. I had taken a couple classes and then I'd always assisted with some classes and he kept asking me, kept asking me. I kept saying, no, I th I'm not kidding you. This was like over a three year period. I said no every time. And when, one year he came to me and he was like, hey, man, uh, you're going to teach a class for Wichita Hot this year? I said, dude, I'll think about it this year. And he goes, that's what you said last year. He goes, but you're not thinking about it because I submitted you for a class and they accepted it. <laughs> and so and so I had to teach a class. Um, and, man, I didn't want to. I was so nervous. And I didn't want to. Uh, but it, it actually – so way doing that kind of stemmed a, an amazing relationship with – uh, the Nelms from Nashville. So Trey Nelms, Daniel Nelms, and, and their crew up there with Nelms Fire Company. Um, we had never met before. We had con conversed a little bit back and forth through email. And then they come in town and um, we, uh, I, I was just kind of liaison for their, their, their event and their search class that they taught. And dude, it was so good. Like the relationship that I have with them, like everybody talks about brotherhood, brotherhood, brotherhood. And I had never really seen it before. But with those guys, I did. It was just like they were super humble, but they had like this vast knowledge of like the fire service and tactics and everything. And dude, just the mentorship that Chief Nelms has given me has been um, amazing. And that's why I was saying find somebody that can be your mentor that can pour that's willing to pour some of that information into you, you know. Um, the class I taught was extreme ownership in the fire service, and it was very close to kind of what you and I just discussed for this last hour or so. Um, but dude, there's so many good like fire um, conferences out there. Like if you want to learn about the tactics and you want to learn about I me, mean, you can go down and see Kurt Isaacson or you can come to Isaac Fraser's into the job or you can go to firemanship days or you can go to Andy Frederick. I mean, dude, there are so many, there are thousands of dudes out there that know this stuff um, that you can go to. And I mean, I just encourage you to find something that like reignites your passion or if it's never been reignited, just find someone that will pour into you um, something that will get you more passionate about the job. Cause that's what those guys did for me. And it's not, and I just, I said those couple of guys, dude, I could, I could say so many others that have been so good to me. Um, you know, and a lot of them I'm still working with right now and I don't know how they would feel about it if I, if I use their names and, but those are some individuals that really did, did some really great things for me that brought me to where I'm at now. So, yeah. No, but, uh, I, I yeah. think, 
I think uh, it's been awesome to be, be able to have this conversation with you for an hour. And man, I haven't stopped smiling the whole time. I, I, I really feel like anybody that gets a chance to like run, run across you would, would. I don't know, dude. I, I tell you what, I, I, I am thankful for the people that I have met. Um, and I really have met, I'm telling you right now, some of the coolest people I have ever met, I have met at fire conferences. So don't discredit them. If, if it's not your thing and, and you just don't want to go do it, like I get it. But if you have a local fire conference or you have something where some outside dudes are coming in, by all means, dude, put your pride aside and go meet some new people because you will meet somebody um, that will change your outlook on your life. And in the fire service, I guarantee you, you will find someone that, that loves the job the way that you do, even if the way you love it is a little bit different than everybody else. Does that, you know what I'm saying? And, and and that's happened for me on multiple occasions and, you know, meeting you has been, has been an honor as well as, as a lot of fun here. I didn't have any idea what this was going to be like, but this has been pretty cool. So I sure appreciate it. No, it's been so much fun. Um, we're going to start wrapping up, but what, what do you fill your mind with your time with? You talked about reading, you talk about podcasts. What do you do? What, what, what's your off days look like? How are you filling your mind and staying positive? Cause I know that's not always easy. Yeah. So I, you know, um, I, I got a wife and three kids. I, I work a part-time job. I work on construction on my days off. I, my wife stays at home with our kids and, and homeschools them. And uh, she does an awesome, awesome job of holding the fort down and supporting me and all the crazy passions and things that I do. Cause dude, I'm, I'm going 500 different directions all the time. I mean, I love so many different things. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but I tell you one of the, one of the big things that I did here five or six years ago was I read extreme ownership. Um, and I was kind of thinking about whether I even wanted to talk about that here or not, because a lot of people have read extreme ownership and a lot of people listen to, to Jocko's podcast and things like that. And I think that um, sometimes when you're just looking for a pick me up or something, it, 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 it's, it's specific to you. And for me, it was that book and just his whole attitude about getting after it and, 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 and putting extreme ownership in every aspect of your life, right? Um, whether it be at home. I mean, dude, if your home life is a wreck, like you're going to have a difficult time at work, you know, because you're always going to be thinking about being at home and, and it's just tough. So you got to keep home happy. You got to keep mama happy. You got to in, in, instill uh, good values in your kids and things like that. So, dude, I try. I try super hard to do that if I can, you know what I mean? Um, I'm going to throw this out there too. I love the Lord, dude. I feel like God has called me to uh, be in the fire service and be where I'm at. Um, some people see that as, um, well, I'm not going to say as, as a weakness, but um, I tell you what, dude, um, it, it is, it is, it is guided my life to where I'm at right now. And so I'm always constantly kind of looking back and, and looking inside and seeing what God has for me next and who I can help next. And, and so prayer and stuff like that goes a long way for me. Um, and then also do just random thoughts, man. If you you know what, I'm going to tell you something. If you, if you are a person that has something that you feel like you want to share, like, dude, do it. Don't be afraid to stick your neck out there. I, let me tell you right now, it's going to get chopped off and someone's going to make fun of you. And so what, dude, you said something to me before we got on here that was so good. You're like, Hey man, if they don't want to listen, they don't have to. If they don't want to be a part of it, they don't have to. Like, don't worry about it. Like, I drive down the road all the time, and I'll have, like, ideas pop in my head, and I'll just record it. Like, I'll, I'll record it on my notes or on a, on, a, on a little audio thing on my phone or whatever, you know, trying to keep myself motivated 
and constantly be learning new things. So yeah, dude, like I listen to podcasts like yourself. I listen to military stuff. I read, I'm a super big military buff. So I read uh, a lot of military books and I like, uh, you know, like band of brothers and stuff like that. Dude, there's so much leadership stuff that you can get out of those things. If you're looking for it, you know what I mean? You'll find what you're looking for if, if you keep putting yourself out there. So just don't be afraid to, to do it. Um, yeah, I love it. And, if and create, create a culture of honor at your department, you know, just, just honor each other, honor and don't worry about the naysayers, what they say. No. Nah. And if you're going to put it yourself out there, put yourself out there for stuff you believe in, mm-hmm. uh, put, put yourself out there for faith, for, for your job, things that are honorable. And, uh, I think you're going to, you're going to create disciples in any facet of your life. Um, and I appreciate you sharing all that, especially, uh, your faith side. I, I think a lot of people need to hear that and we'll leave it at that. But uh, if, if people need to hear more, they need to find good mentors. It's important when, when somebody says, Hey, if you want to talk about faith, you can talk about it with me, but I'm not going to go come knock on your door and, and no. try to convert you. But no, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you're going to, you know, it, it does. One of the things it says in the Bible is do everything as if unto the Lord. Um, I think God knows what a perfect firefighter looks like. I think none of us will ever attain perfection, but I think that in the process, you know, as a coach of uh, Green Bay Packers, he said, you know, in the, in the pursuit of perfection, you'll attain excellence. And I think that we can attain excellence in what we do. You know what I'm saying? And if God knows what a perfect fireman looks like, then by all means, I'm going to do my best to train as hard as I can to, to give 110% effort in everything that I do and listen to, to all the people that have experience. Dude, don't let your experience walk out the door. Like, that is such a dangerous thing that's happening right now. Find a mentor, uh, find a senior guy at your station and, and be sure and, and, and set him up to where other guys can, can come to him and, and just try to make it like a thing. You know, I mean, that's, that's what we're doing here. You know, honor is, 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 um, it does so many things. Look up, look up some of the definitions of the words that we use in the fire service, honor and integrity. And, and, you know, honor goes above and beyond and it keeps our friends accountable, sets standards and keeps them, you know, it rises above the normal. I mean, these are all things that we want, we need more of, uh, I think in, in the culture of the fire service. So I'm dude, I'm going to get off my tangents again. I sure appreciate you listening to them all. No, I, I could, I could talk to you all day long and I'm sure the, uh, listeners could do that too. If people want to get a hold of you to find out more, just to, to even have a conversation like we did or, yes. or anything, how can they get a hold of you? Let's see. Dude, they can do. So obviously I'm at firehouse four. So if you're in Wichita, come by the station. I would love to talk to you. I'm on C shift. Uh, I'm on uh, social media. So I've got Facebook and Instagram. Uh, look me up on there and just send me a message and I'll get you uh, in contact with me more, dude. I'll give you my cell phone number. I will do anything that I can to help you um, do what you can to improve your, yourself or your department, your, everything that you have going on, dude. It's just, it's, it's so, it's rewarding. You know what? I almost, it's almost a selfish thing for me, right? <laughs> Helping other people makes me feel good. So why would I not want to do it? So um, yeah, look me up, look me up, Jonathan Jarvis. I'll, I'll uh, be happy to help you out in any way that I can. That's cool. And like I said at the beginning, this was like an arm twist to get Jonathan to come on here and share anything. Because he's like, man, I said, your personality is infectious. I love the conversations we're having. How do we share that with more people? And you're like, no, no, no. Nobody wants to hear from me. I'm nobody from nowhere. And I'm like, no, like, this is important. And, you know, it's not a class. It's not not trying to, uh, you know, pump anybody up. I just want you to, I wanted everybody out there to listen to meet this guy that I met that just 
he's an awesome dude. I, I'm pleased that our paths crossed. And, dude, uh, you're too kind. I appreciate and it. Excited to, uh, to, to see this friendship uh, continue on. But uh, anything else before we wrap up? Man, I, dude, I, you covered it all, man. Like, I, I appreciate everything you did. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing, man. In the words of Joe Dirt, just keep on keeping on. <laughs> nah, that's good. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up. But until next time, thanks for listening to the Journeyman Firefighter Podcast.